1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Fogler is a guy that just reached out to me over Instagram and said, hey, I've been listening to your Go Hunt series about going hunting in Argentina, seeing your, your content, and I wanted to give you a piece of information about how much it cost me and how easy it was for me to go hunting in Argentina. I was like, oh yeah, that's awesome, and yes, we want you on the podcast. So here's a conversation, short, sharp, to the point, as you would expect, between me and Tanner. And Tanner breaks down how he went to Argentina, how much it cost. And hopefully, by the end, you're like, that's what I want to do, and I want to go hunt in Argentina. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to, to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name my is... Name. <laughs> Does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. <laughs> Braxton, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a, a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. So these are the kinds of conversations that uh, I love to have because... You, my friend. Well, now I'm staring at the ceiling. <laughs> oh, uh, are you uh, on video? You, my friend. Oh, you can't see me, huh? No, that's why I was asking if we're doing this on video. Or not. I didn't know if my. Oh, the video. The video is just uh, right. so that we can see each other and have a conversation. I can't see you. That's what I was trying to figure out. There should be a little thing in the in the right in left corner. Um, little wheel that says uh, hide incoming video. I wonder if you've got that tapped off. I don't know if it'll show up in your... Um... Oh, there we go. All right, we're good now. My bad. There we go. No, you're good. That's you're why good. I was asking at the beginning because I, I was confused. <laughs> All right, we're good now. So... I love these kinds of conversations because I don't know you from a bar of soap, 
you are a follower of Blood Origins, um, and uh, you know we started talking about getting people interested in going hunting. Like to us, this thing that we love so much is dependent on people number one communicating obviously why they hunt, but number two going and hunting. And there's a you know a prevalence around the United States specifically about people. Ah, oh, it's too hard to hunt. The access, you know, public land access is getting less and less. The bar of entry is getting so high. Tags are getting less. Your your draw opportunities are getting less. Point creep is a is a reality in every single state across the U.S., especially in the West. And I think a lot of people re- forget that there is a big, wide world of hunting, and you can pretty much hunt anywhere. If you really put just a little bit of mustard into it. And so we just wanted to highlight places to go hunt. And two of the places we wanted to highlight was Argentina and New Zealand, specifically because they were the last two countries to come out of lockdown, come out of this whole COVID pandemic nonsense. And Tanner, is it Fogler? Is Fogler right? Fogler. Well, you know, South African. Fogler, Fogler. Sorry, I, I apologize. Everyone says Fogler, though, so it's all right. <laughs> Tanner Fogler DMs me, and he says, what'd you say to me, Tanner? Uh, well, I was originally listening to the other one you had about Argentina, and I heard the guy say it was like nine to ten grand ago, and I had just gotten back from Argentina like a month or two before that podcast. And I went for about half of that. So I nice. DM you and was like, well, I got, I can tell people exactly how much it costs to go. And so here we are. Here we are, man. I love it. I love it. Tan, uh, Tana Fogler, welcome to the Blood Origins podcast, my friend. Thanks for having me, dude. No, it's, you're welcome. You're welcome. Where are you situated right now, Tana? Where are you from? Give us a little bit of background about you. Uh, I'm Tanner Fogler. I'm from Tallahassee, Florida. Lived here my whole life and hunted my whole life and fished. And I just love doing anything outside and fun, whether it's hunting, fishing, skiing, anything. I assume you're an FSU fan? I am. Good. <laughs> I try to go to most How's of the FSU games. doing this year? Better than the last three years. So that's all right. We're on that a, is definitely an improvement. We've won more than we lost, so we're doing good. Outstanding, outstanding. So tell me, let's just get cracking, man. I see you've got a little bit of brown liquid, as I've got some oh, little yeah. brown liquid. Bullet rock. What, um, what, what made you decide to go hunt in Argentina? Mm, well, I've always wanted to go because my dad has been oh, 10 years ago. And then I go to the duck banquets, like the Ducks Unlimited banquets every year and the turkey banquets, all those. And so we were up there, probably drank too much, and we all decided let's just buy a hunt on this live auction. And so that's what we did. And then. So tell us, because that happens a lot, right? There's a lot of good Argentina hunts that you can buy. At a Ducks Unlimited banquet, at an NWTF banquet, um, all the banquets, like Whitetails Unlimited, they typically 
are uh, quite uh, prevalent. So what hunt did you buy? So I bought a, well, I got everything wrote down right here. So we bought a Cordoba hunt for four people for six total hunts, three nights staying in the lodge. And total for that was $2,400 that we had to pay to the DU banquet. And then after that you was pay for that, four people. Yeah. So $600 a person for three nights. Yep. And yep. a normal nightly rate for that lodge is $695 per night. So right there, you already saved a Dang. third on that or more than that, really. But so then at that $600, they're going to add like the lodge and all that. They add your hunting licenses, your transfer fees, your landowner fees and all that. So I ended up total for me alone without gun rentals, shells, flights, all that just for the lodging, which includes like all your food, open bar transportation all of that stuff was $1310 and then amazing yeah so i mean that's six hunts which is plenty of hunts you don't need to go for an entire week or 5 days and hunt 10 days or hunt have 10 hunts and you'll get the you'll have enough fun you'll be tired of it like not in a bad way. So you hunting when when you did when you did the Cordoba dove hunt, did they have anything else on offer whilst you were there, um, or did you just it was just dove hunting in the morning and afternoon, morning afternoon, morning afternoon? It was the that lodge was just dove hunting, and I mean, you can get packages that will be like three days dove hunting and a couple days duck hunting or whatever, but those are different lodges, so and I think each lodge mm-hmm. it varies in price. So I only have I know the Cordova Lodge, and that was only um, Dove. And then okay, so thirteen ten cost you thirteen ten. What does it cost you to fly, and how did you fly? All right, so my flight was total was one hundred and thirty or one thousand three hundred eighty six dollars. And that was me bumping myself up into like not first class, whatever that economy or premium economy or whatever uh, exit row, because I'm six, five and I'm not spending 11 hours crammed in economy. (laughs) So I think I looked, it was my, without the bump up, it was a $986 flight. And that was, tell us the leg of like where you were flying to and from. I flew out of Tallahassee. At four o'clock in the afternoon, flew to Dallas, had a like two hour layover there. And then sh- from Dallas, I sh- flew straight into Buenos Aires. And they picked you up in Buenos Aires or did you have to fly somewhere else? Yeah. Well, so once you're in Buenos Aires, you fly from Buenos Aires to Cordoba. But so I have, we, if you're going to Argentina, don't try to keep out and fly to Buenos Aires and then hop right on a plane to go to Cordoba, go enjoy the culture and city and people. So we stayed a night. So we got to Buenos Aires at like eight o'clock in the morning, spent all day 
had a stayed at the Marriott right downtown and then slept there and then flew out from there the next day to Cordoba. And that was Buenos Aires was awesome and it's super cheap. It was a hundred dollars for a room for us at a Marriott. If you pay, if you go, bring cash, American cash, small bills, because if you do that, everything is basically half off. So we would go to dinner, and for all five of us who went, we ate at like Googled like nicest steakhouse in Buenos Aires. Went there, <laughs> ate steak dinners, drank bottles of wine, liquor drinks. Our total bill was $120. And then we got on a plane the next day and flew to Cordoba, and that flight was only a hundred bucks. Wow! How was it? How was was it? Obviously, this is you flying to a different country for the first time. How how weary? How difficult was it to just you know arrive, get through the airport, and then find your way downtown? Was there a hotel shuttle? Um, talk about that a little bit more honestly, for those that are like, man, I don't think I could do that. It wasn't bad. Most, I mean, I don't know any Spanish, but most of the people spoke at least enough English to tell you where you need to go. And then, so we had a driver pick us up from the airport that we had prearranged. And they took us to our hotel in Buenos Aires, which is right downtown. So everything we could walk to. And so, I mean, that part was easy. You learned, like in a movie get off the airplane, walk through baggage claim, and there's someone's holding a sign with your name on it. So, <laughs> Cool. Okay. And then you hop on a bus, and they take you to the airport, and then all the people – or I meant to the hotel. All the people at the hotel speak English. So you check in, put your bags in your room, and then you just wander around and go find something to do. And you can Google anything you want, and it'll tell you. Pop up Google Maps and hit the walking thing. It'll tell you how to get there. Mm-hmm. For sure. So you have the night in, in, in Buenos Aires, you, you get taken back to the airport the next day, fly to Cordova. Different airport. So you mm. one's the international, Buenos Aires, where you fly into is going to be the international airport. And then you have to get a, another driver to take you to a different airport, which is about, I think it was only like 10 minutes from our hotel. And that's their like local airport. And that flies you to Buenos Aires or I meant to Cordoba. And then you get, so go ahead. Yeah. yeah, get to Cordoba. You get to Cordoba. And then you're from there. Then all your stuff you paid for, for the lodge kicks in. You have a, another person that's picking you up and they're going to be your translators. Cause a lot of them, I mean, the manager of the lodge and like the field manager speak English, but, most other people don't, but so you have a translator slash person that's like dealing with all your paperwork and stuff at the airport greeting you. Then he takes you to a bus and then you have another person that will drive you to your lodge, which is, I want to say it was like a two hour drive. Mm -hmm. Did you guys take any shotguns or were you just going to rent the guns there? No one. So two of the people that went with us had already been. And they said it was not worth the hassle of trying to do all the paperwork to bring your own gun. And then as much as you shoot, either you have to, 
if you have a really nice shotgun, you don't want to put that many rounds through it. If you don't, then your shotgun's going to malfunction. So might as well just mm-hmm. deal with, pay and deal with theirs. Mm-hmm. And, but I mean, for the hassle, it was, I think the gun, the gun rental was $95 a day. Okay. And then I checked. Okay. So I, when I looked up all this, I did everything I spent and then rechecked because I'm in the middle of booking my trip for next year. And some of the prices went up. So where I paid $95 last year a day for a gun, it is $115 a day for a gun now. But all guns are the same. So you can rent 28 gauge, 20 gauge, or 12 gauge. And you get Benelli M2s or you can shoot Breda Silver Pigeons. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. But they're really nice guns there. And you have field hands that if anything happens, they will take your gun apart right there and fix it. So you're not down for long. Mm-hmm. So talk, you know, a lot of people love the idea of dove hunting in Argentina. And you mentioned you've got a pretty good deal, but it all comes down to the, the shell cost, right? Uh-huh. The amount of shit that you try to shoot. I got that broke down too for you. So I shot. All right, let's hear it. I actually got two things. So this is just what I wanted to shoot. Cause I think a lot of people, when they think of Argentina, they think these big open fields and just clouds of birds piling in which does happen on some of your mm-hmm. hunts, but all, not all your hunts are like that. A lot of it looks like South Texas mesquite bushes, like real 15 foot tall, real thick. Everything's got a thorn on it and they'll cut holes in it. So you'll have a big hole above you and you'll just be getting dive bombed with birds. So when you're hunting like that, you don't have to shoot as much. I think it's funner trying to like pick out your shots and just have fun with it rather than just sky blasting. So I'll shot, right. I shot about two cases a day, like basically 500 rounds a day, which I could easily shot a thousand rounds a day if I wanted to. But so it just all comes down to you. So, but I spent, so last year, the, uh, I shot, I spent $1,295 on shells and that was at $15 a case this year. A or fifteen dollars a, a box, box, a box. You mean? Yeah, a box. This yeah. year they're eighteen fifty a box, so they went up a lot, but or three dollars and fifty cent, but still worth it. And then, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but so I got right here. We shot so total shot because they have you have bird boys that sit with you and we'll reload your gun and fix your gun, whatever. And they also have a clicker. So they count how many shells you shoot. And then they also count how many birds you shoot. So shot 839 birds last year in three days. Dang. Did you take, let me say, ask this, because a lot of people like, did you take an extra padded shirt? In terms of like for your shoulder, because that's the worst thing that could possibly go wrong, right? Is that it just freaking you, you beat was, yourself up so badly on the first day that you just don't want to shoot the thing again. So it's honestly not that bad. I mean, I shot, I would suggest no one shoot a 12 gauge because that's when that happens. 
I shot a over under 20 gauge and it already had a rubber pad on it, but then I brought an extra slip on rubber pad that I put over top of that oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and I just wore, wore that in a hoodie. And then mm. also, if you're there, keep in mind that if you're planning on going in summer or winter, you got to go in the opposite well, here. Because it was, it was cold when we were hunting down there. It was like, in the 30s. Yeah, winter, man. I love it. It's, it's almost like Africa winter down there, man. It's amazing. Uh, it was nice. I would. That's what we did it for, because we would much rather... I live in Florida, so I'd much rather get out of the heat here and go to the cold than lose out on the couple of days of cold we get here and go to the hot. And when did you go, Tana? Uh, the end of June. June 23rd through mm, the 29th. Perfect. Perfect. And the lodge food and the wine and whatnot's first class out of this world? Oh, it's amazing. I got, I mean, they have a in-house chef that cooks all your breakfast, all your lunch, or all your dinners. And then while you're hunting, you don't go back to the lodge for lunch. They have field chefs that they set up tents, they set up tables, tablecloths, all cook on open fires, your lunches, set you up cots if you want to take a nap. All your wine. <laughs> nice. All your wine while you're at lunch, and then you come back, and your um, people that work at the house or have a drink waiting on you, and then appetizers, and you tell them what time you want to eat dinner, and they'll have it ready at exactly that time. And then the place we went had a big wine cellar in the basement, and you could tell them whatever you wanted to drink down there, and then they had a liquor bar upstairs that you could go behind and make your own drinks if you wanted to it had a hot tub amazing so no it was uh tell me one more expense that you that people you know often forget about that's really really important what about tips so Tana? basically what they say is about 50 dollars a day per person that's helping you so basically 100 bucks a day at like a minimum, so three hundred bucks for what we did. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can obviously tip more or less or whatever, but yeah, it's only it's about three hundred bucks a day. I mean, a hundred bucks a day, three hundred dollars total. Yeah, yeah. How and and in total, how much did you spend? I know you said in the beginning half of what we had so, talked about on a previous podcast last year. My total. And I didn't include like this. I didn't include like dinner in Buenos Aires or going out to the bar in Buenos Aires or stuff like that. But for everything was forty two hundred dollars and forty six. Or yeah, amazing. Cool. Yeah, and then I did the math without buying it at the DU banquet, and it would have been seventy two hundred dollars mm-hmm. for exactly what I did. Mm-hmm. And then this year. So you're going back next year? Yeah. I'm going to go hopefully the same time frame, maybe mid July, early July, late June, somewhere in there. And with the price changes, if I do exactly what I did last year, it'll be 4900 bucks. So have you bought the hunt already? Yeah. Oh, that was another. So once you go, if you buy it through the DU banquet, and you build your relationship with the people, 
once you go, you don't have to buy it through the DU banquet. They'll honor your price, their price. So, because we have a, our DU banquets on Thursday, so we were going to go and buy it again. And we emailed the people, and they said, yeah, no problem. We'll see what we can do. And just because of some landowner fees and transfer fees changes, it was this year, we're, last year was 1310, this year it's 1380. But Wow. So we don't have to cool. worry about trying to buy it at an auction or anything like that. Are you going to do anything else whilst you're down there next year? No, this year, or next year, I'm just going to go ducks again. I'm going to do the exact same thing. Okay. But okay. One day, I'll get into ducks. I just... Double what about stag and buffalo and black buck and axis and stuff? Oh, I know. It's just I got to get into all that. I got <laughs> I got the the dove bug here. And heck yeah. When a dove hunt here is you shoot maybe two doves. So it's Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. And it's the people there are so nice and it's so fun. Mm -hmm. You don't want to, cause if you do any of that, you go different lodge and you don't want to risk you go down there and then someone's not cool or you don't yeah, have as much crappy. fun. Exactly. So this, at least I know what I'm getting. Yeah, through. exactly. Perfect. 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 Well, uh, I would, if you are in the, in the, you know, one of the things you, you may want to do, and I don't know how how difficult it would be, you can either get to Dallas Safari Club, which is January 2nd through the 6th, I believe, or you can get yourself to Nashville, which is Safari Club International. is in Nashville for the first time, February 22nd to the 25th. And both of those places have a bunch of Argentinian outfitters that have booths. Mm -hmm. And um, good places to stalk for you know, your next adventure down there, whether, you know, get yourself a red stag or a buffalo or whatnot. Oh, I'm always trying to do something. I go, that's what I spend all my money on trips. That's what I do. I, <laughs> that's great. Going to, I'm going skiing next in February. This coming up February, I'm going, I just got back from fishing on a 60 foot hatteras for tuna for three days. I, Drive. Me and my brother drive. Did you get one? Oh yeah, like 176 pound yellowfin tuna. Wow. We went. Me and my brother drive to Nebraska and bow hunt. We, whatever it is, I'm I'm always about it. As long as, as well, long man, as I'm hunting or doing something. Well, I truly appreciate you reaching out. You know, we like short, sharp podcasts that just, especially with your experience, to go down there and to encourage people to go hunt. Um, you certainly have figured it out, and you've got, you know, all the all the numbers written down, and I appreciate us. You know, we played a little bit of email tag left, right, and center to try and get us situated for tonight. But anything else that you'd like to say about Argentina, Tana? I think you should just go. I think... I mean, I know forty. Let's just say forty-five hundred dollars is a lot of money, but all, well, actually, here I'll say this: if you buy it through the DU banquet, you have two years to do it. So if you can save up twenty-two hundred dollars a year, buy it one year, spend the 
original, your 1310, that's what you're going to have to pay up within the first, you pay the, let's say $600 a person to the DU banquet. Then you're basically spend another $700. You got to pay to the outfitter within like a couple months. So when, once you do that, then you have two years, you can plan, you can save up and then you can go. So it's not like it's you buy it at the banquet and you have to write a check for $4,500. And then even after you pay for everything, like everything other than your gun rentals and your shells and all that, you pay that before you leave. So it's actually less money. And then after you get back or after you're about to leave is when you pay the outfitter the rest of the money you owe for the shells and gun rentals. Mm-hmm. But you can break it up mm-hmm. in three payments, basically. Awesome. Awesome. Well, man, I'm sure a lot of people have um, hopefully piqued their interest in, in going hunting in Argentina. And it doesn't have to be Argentina. It could be New Zealand. It could be anywhere. We just want you to go hunt. We want you to go experience it. Go support outfitters that are pretty much the pillar of our hunting community. And Tanner, thank you. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for going back. Oh, yeah. Next year, man. Hey, we got a spot if you want to come. We got our lodge sleep six, <laughs> 16 people. I got a massive, massive, massive 2023. I think my wife would kill me if I had <laughs> Argentina in there. So, uh, well, I definitely need to do it. I have not done a proper, proper dove hunt like that. Um, I was in Argentina. We we did dove hunt. It wasn't amazing, like crazy amount. Um, but we had a really good pigeon shoot. Holy oh, smokes. So the pigeons, pigeons were like... Parakeets everywhere. And as soon as you start killing them... And you sort of use them as decoys. It was just like on, like it was crazy. Oh, that's the same so as good. Oh, that's another thing. Like, I think another. I thought you go down there. It's just all day waves of birds coming at you, and it's not like I got. So we have all our. They give you these little sheets that have every day, every afternoon, and morning broke down. So some of the hunts were not good at all. Like the first morning, only shot two blocks of shells. The Mm. Or the first afternoon, first morning, we only shot one box of shells. But the afternoon, I shot 28 boxes of shells. And then the next morning, shot five boxes of shells. That afternoon, I shot 34 boxes of shells. So some of the days, like, because you'll hunt off roost, and the roost will be 500 yards away. So you'll see all the birds get up, but it's 50-50 if they fly towards you or away from you. Because they're just going to whatever field they want to. It's not like they're patterning. Are you moving around or are they sticking you in the same place every time? So tip morning, you'll hunt one spot. And then afternoon, you'll hunt a different spot. But if the birds aren't flying, like the mornings we only shot one or two boxes. We were trying to move around, and but just... Because after the roost flies, then it's in the morning. It's not that. I mean, it still can be good, but it's not as like intense. And so we tried one morning. We got to our spot. We saw all the birds pick up and then just fly the complete opposite direction of us. So we tried to swing around and get behind them. But by the time we did, the whole roost had basically already flown by. Mm. So they'll try, but. It's not like a constant, you sit out there all day and can just shoot as much as you want. I mean, you can shoot as much as you want, but you're going to be, the birds will stop flying before you, like, 
can actually just shoot all day long. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that's awesome, dude. I'm glad you went. I'm glad you're going back. Thank you for reaching out on Instagram and saying, hey, I just went there. I spent less money. Would you be interested in hearing how I did? And I was like, yes, absolutely. We want people like you. That's the point of this podcast. We love people just blue-collared individuals who just love to hunt that are just like, hey, I want to go, and I went. So thank you, Tanner. Oh, yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.